everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. Hey everybody, welcome back to QSR Nation. This week we have Grant, Beth, and Tony here at the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri to, to discuss food service marketing and business strategies for success. You did it. I did That's it. That's awesome. Josh we finally made the cut. We don't even need Josh anymore. No, I can stay well, we'll down. Slow your roll. <laughs> Uh, this week we actually upgraded from Josh, um, <laughs> traded him out, and we brought in um, our CEO, uh, Mr. Sean Bertram. Sean, welcome back to the show. Hey, glad to be here. What what episode are we on? Do we know? Uh, I think this is where we're one nineteen. Yeah, one nineteen. You know, but we're just gonna keep doing yours, like on the every single anniversary, fiftieth, one hundredth, one hundred fiftieth, so that way you always get the you know the main. Oh, kind no, of I must have missed the hundred. <laughs> you were busy. You were out of town. Okay, I thought maybe uh, I, I know we've had some great guests on the show, so yeah. I'm, I'm sure I just missed. Uh, we'll go with uh, you guys. Or I was busy. Yeah. It takes us a hundred episodes to get the courage up to ask you again. <laughs> well, we you don't. Know, maybe we can just book the next one and we get on. That's right. Episode two hundred. Yeah, we. We'll send it. We'll send that over. Well, have our people call your people, which are actually the same people. <laughs> we'll just send the contract. <laughs> really, it's good to be back, though. Uh, appreciate what you guys are doing on this podcast. I, I do get to listen to, to a lot of them, so uh, you guys are doing a great job. So well, thank, thank you. I appreciate, appreciate it. And speaking of doing a great job, you've actually done a different job than your normal role recently in the author realm. And so you've got a new book coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe I should ask you the first question. Do you guys know the title? Is the social media stuff working? Uh, does anybody know the title of the book? I know. Or maybe I shouldn't put you on the spot. Here, since I did the intro, I'll introduce the book to you. Great. The new book is called Keeping Score with Grit. It's straight talk strategies for success, correct? Nice. That, that's correct. Yeah, yeah well done. You get a Good free job, book. Right? Awesome. Discount, not free. Yeah, discount. <laughs> yeah, I think to your point, it's been uh, it's been a big project, and it's been something that I've been working on for several years, but really uh, pretty extensively over the past year. So uh, excited to get this thing out into the hands of our employee owners and vendors and customers and wholesalers and uh, the whole community out there. So really excited to release it. Well, and I tell you, I mean, um, it's something that you know, folks probably don't know because we haven't talked about it yet. But I mean, Forbes is. Um, kind of involved with this as well because I mean, they love your story and you're actually going to be on their list, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Forbes has definitely endorsed the book and uh, really, really proud to have that. That's, uh, that's a big honor to, to be endorsed by Forbes and uh, really kind of a testament to, to not just the entrepreneurial story, but the ESOP story and some of the things mm-hmm. that uh, really kind of attracted their attention to us with uh, the culture that we built here at PFS Brands and just everything we've done as a group. So It's an impressive partnership for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about the book then? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be a little bit unique. Obviously, you guys know I've read a lot of business books over the last uh, several years, but uh, my, mine's a little bit more unique in the fact that it talks about uh, even some challenges challenges in childhood and uh, some of the uh, challenges of starting a business and growing the business and, and those types of things. So it's a, it's a little mix of personal personal story, but then uh, some, some business story as well. But ultimately, uh, and I'll probably get into some of the detail of the book, but it's really kind of geared to anybody that wants to improve their life or mm-hmm. uh, really be more successful in their life. So Cool. That sounds a lot like, um, you know, we have grit business coaching and you know I mean, 
being successful, you know, is what the, is all the foundation is built around. So um, can you speak to that a little bit about what does GRIT mean to you? Yeah, GRIT for me uh, is an acronym, so uh, a lot of people think I don't know how to spell GRIT. but There uh, <laughs> is two T's in this, in this version. G-R-I-T-T, and uh, I really explain that in the book and what it is, but uh, I wrap that acronym really around a, per- a personal philosophy that I've had my whole life, so... Uh, the, the letters do actually mean something, but the grit word for me is, is just something that uh, I've always kind of told myself, even uh, going back to early in baseball careers, things like that. I mean, just kind of kind of grit your teeth and, and get through things sometimes mm-hmm. and uh, just keep looking forward. So the grit acronym actually stands for goal-driven is the G, responsible is R, I is involved, and then the first T is team. And the last T is really one of the most important things that, that we talk about as a company and I like to talk about with uh, people that I run across, but tolerance of failure. And that tolerance of failure is really kind of the grit that people have to be willing to fail. Uh, they have to be willing to accept that if they really want to improve and they want to get better in really whatever they do. It doesn't matter whether it's athletics or their life or, or those types of things. If you're not willing to kind of put yourself out there and, uh, and fail, you really you really don't reach the type of goals that you can uh, as a person. So. Well, I know we talk a lot about, you know, uh, not so much worried about the failures, but, you know, the opportunities. So what did you what what'd you learn from it? You know, when, when you had that failure point, I think, you know, like to your point, a lot of folks, they're not afraid to fail. Then they get kind of stuck in a rut. They, they've got to be able to take that risk and say, look, if, if this doesn't happen, benefit is I'm going to learn that this this method, this path doesn't work and I can get a better path or better method, you know, more efficiency. I, I can find another way, you know, to try and keep a positive spin with, like you said, that Thomas effect. You, you've got to be able to have some steps back so you can make some additional steps forward, you know. And, and one thing I always appreciate about you and your vision is you, you talk about like that 80-20, you know, I mean, learn a little bit from your past, but keep looking forward, you know, keep moving forward, don't stop. So, I mean, that's, that's always been a really impressive thing. That I, I see grit lived out, you know, in, in how you manage the company, you know, your story, your background and stuff. But also, I see it in, you know, it's kind of infectious with the team that we actually have here as well. Folks that are, you know, know how to just get down and just get dirty and, and mud through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like, I like the 80-20 rule, and uh, you can even go farther than that. I always like to use the, uh, the analogy of a windshield in a car. I mean, you've got this big windshield in your car, and you've got this real small rearview mirror. And that, that's on purpose because you shouldn't be looking backwards too often when you're driving. <laughs> that's you need to be looking forward. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that really goes along with the 80-20 rule about looking forward uh, uh, the majority of the time and using, uh, using the past to adjust that forward momentum. Well, so, I mean, what all, I mean, we know that that probably inspired a lot of the book, but what, what all was the true inspiration behind the, making the decision to take on the endeavor and all the additional work to actually write a book? Yeah, it's a great question. I've had multiple people tell me that I should write a book over the years, and obviously as you're going through this, you don't think your story is very exciting, and uh, there, there's probably still some of that humility, I guess, in, in a lot of entrepreneurs that think, uh, you know, I really haven't done a lot of things any different than a lot of other people out there. Uh, but uh, just continue to have people really kind of say, you ought to write this thing, and uh, there's a lot of irony uh, in, in writing a book and even reading books uh, given my past and childhood, and I talk about that, uh, some of those challenges in the book. Uh, but really, uh, I started this thing several years ago, and the thing that pushed me over the edge was last February when I met Jack Daly, and uh, he continued to kind of be 
somewhat inspired. Uh, and those of you who know Jack Daly know that he's a mentor of mine and uh, some of those types of things. But uh, when he really just kind of said, "Let's, uh, you, you really ought to kick this thing over the finish line. You got a great story," and uh, that really motivated me. Really kind of gave me the kick to to find out uh, how we kick this thing over the finish line. And he was uh, he was gracious to give me the uh, company that helped him uh, write his book and actually did his Forbes book and I got hooked up with them and that's really the thing that triggered this thing to get it uh, to get it really kind of over the finish line I guess. That's great you know because that's one of the things I mean having great mentors can be very positively impactful in a number of ways and Jack Daly is a pretty good one to have. Yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who all can benefit from reading your book? Well I, I really I really wrote the book really to where anybody that wants to be more mm -hmm. successful can benefit from it. So it's uh, it it really is a unique book in the fact that it ties some personal stuff together. Uh, it really is good for leaders, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs. Uh, it's great for managers, leaders, uh, but even uh, even employees. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a there's a quote in the book. Any anybody that's kind of stuck in a rut, if you will, that uh, feel feels like they're stuck and they'd like to have a way out. Uh, there's a lot of good tips in there for any individual. So really kind of uh, kind of written the book to, to help others become more successful in work and life. That's our core purpose, and it's really what I live by. So uh, I really truly believe anybody can benefit and, uh, unless they don't want to improve. So, yeah, I'm sure there's uh, something for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can take something away at least from the book, I'm sure. Um, so uh, I'm sure, you know, writing a book has got to be a very daunting task, you know, just reading a book is a is a big task. So, was was there any individual uh, part of the book that was very challenging about it, or was the whole thing just, or how, or how to go for you? Yeah, I think it's a great question, and, and it's uh, I was fortunate to to have somebody doing some interviewing with me that actually draws out and makes me think a lot about the past. Because those of you that know me know that I am looking forward so much. I really. Uh, I really don't have a, a great memory of some of the things that, that I've done and, and some of the things that have happened and sometimes those things just need to be triggered with some good questions and mm -hmm. uh, so that was probably the hardest part is just for me remembering the past. Uh, again, I don't think you really, people don't really recognize it because everybody's minds work a little bit different but, but mine is just so forward focused and, and vision and looking forward that it's really challenging to remember a lot of these things. and. Uh, I have these conversations with other people that, that, that are entrepreneurs. I know some of them face the same type of challenges and they don't think their story is really interesting. And, and of course, I love talking to people about business and, and hearing, hearing stories. So uh, I'm really fascinated by some of, the, some of the things people do. So what do you think was your favorite part of the book to write then? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know that there's a favorite part. I, I always enjoy... Uh, talking about our core values and our happiness rule, so I expanded on those a little bit more. Uh, those of you that work here have seen the, uh, uh, the, the real uh, narrative, I guess, if you will, around our core values, but I, I, I always enjoy that part. I, I enjoyed the, the GRIT section as well when we actually get into the GRIT acronym and, and what that means. And, uh, you know, uh, really I came up with that acronym before I read Angela Duckworth's book entitled grit and spelled the right way <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, she does a great job of really explaining that she feels that grit is a is the big component that that helps people uh, the ultra successful get to where they're at I mean they're just constantly persevering through all the different challenges and so I really enjoy talking about that section of the book and 
uh, just some of the mentality and, and uh, the, the different ways that people think about uh, those challenges. And um, so those, those are probably two, two of my favorite sections. Well, and that's you know going to be, I think, a big, big takeaway for anyone who reads the book. Um, we have a little bit of an advantage because we use grit internally so much in terms of whether it's just not just the acronym living it out but we have it in you know with great business coaching and great track software that we utilize internally so i mean it's really an expansive piece of who we are as a company but i think as people when they get in there they get the chance to read the book that part there about how people think differently and how and what their takeaway is going to be and finding what their perseverance to their their why you know to move forward i think is going to be really key and i think it'll be a great uh, great piece for anyone whether it's like you said, the employee or the CEO um, who's looking to you know just make that next step forward to help them become more successful. Right. Yeah, I really hit pretty hard in that grid section on the goal setting. And again, those of us sitting in this room, you, you guys have heard this and, and our employee owners, of course, this is the culture that we live, but just that uh, much like the 80-20 rule, looking forward and backwards, you know, we have that same, almost like a 70-30 rule of uh, being successful with your goals. and. That really comes along with that tolerance of failure, and uh, if you achieve if you achieve 100% of your goals, you're just really not pushing yourself enough. And uh, it's it's really kind of amazing as I've spoke out there and talked to different people. That philosophy uh, that kind of hits home with people because the majority of people think that's a little bit different, a little bit uh, a little bit skewed, if you will. Uh, they're really surprised when I say, "Well, why, why wouldn't you want to hit 100% of your goals?" So again, it's just a little bit different mentality of. Uh, that tolerance of failure and making sure that you're pushing yourself to bigger and better things. Yeah, I will say, so I, I started here about 10 months ago, and before then I didn't make a lot of goals for myself, but I was kind of surprised with how quickly you can change your mindset. Um, just, you know, we're very goal-oriented here, so um, I think, you know, for people reading the book um, or listening right now, you know, uh, it's not as hard as it sounds to incorporate the goals into your everyday life, I don't think, so... Well, and especially when you when you make it part of your life, yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's that's a really key thing. I mean, um, you know, each one of us have our own like our number that we want to you know achieve, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever. We, we've got that, you know, and we know what that number is, what that means to us. And when you incorporate that into your life, it, it begins to change, and things begin to move forward, and, and it helps set the stage for the next step towards success, and then and the next. You know, ability to accept missing a goal. You know, uh, I hate to lose. Absolutely hate it. I, I've never been a good loser. And ask anyone who's coached against me and won, they know that. I don't like to lose. Sports, business, whatever. But the tolerance of failure key is, is, is key because you have to learn that. You, you know, like you said, if you're winning all the time, you probably just you're in the wrong league. If you're the boxer, you're, you're undefeated, you probably need to step up. If, if you're a company and you're achieving everything, you're probably not reaching far enough. You're leaving money on the table somewhere. You know? And so I think you know, really focusing in and, and understanding on that, that tolerance of failure is a good thing. I think people are so scared of failing and the, the negative attribute that can be wrapped around that, that they don't want to set that extra goal, that stretch goal as we call it a lot. You know? And they're, they're afraid to miss that mark. And, but that's when I think that uh, you know, I can't wait to get the book in hand read it um, because it's just one of those things that when you live it it's just so much so much different so I mean like Grant said if you're one that's not setting goals right now just try to start with you know one or two 
Um, but and write it down. Right. And yeah, write it down. That's the important thing to down is it's always it's just a dream until you write it down and then it's an actual goal. Then and have like for SNR Grid Track software, you have your regular goal and then you have your stretch goal. And no matter what, I've automatically eliminated the regular goal because I only want to reach that stretch goal just because I want to make sure that I go above and beyond. And it's not that. I'm not going to hit 80% of my regular goal then because I'm going to go and get the stretch goal and I'm going to exceed it now because I know that I can push myself further and further. So always write your goals down. That's the number one thing. I think those uh, those are all great comments and really the, the purpose of the book is to help people and, and we all know we have lives outside of work. It doesn't matter whether you're at PFS Brands or, or whether you're at uh, Company X. Uh, I mean, the, the real... The real joy that I get out of things is uh, is the fact that hey these thing these things have helped people in their personal lives and and I've seen so much of it help me uh, everything from uh, you know the Colby scores that we talk about to the strength finders and the Gallup scores that we we do here internally I mean those things have just transcended and helped me in my personal life as much or sometimes more than what they've done in business so mm -hmm. uh, again if we can just share some of those types of things with other people uh, maybe we can change the world. Yeah. I mean, that's lofty goals. <laughs> stretch, stretch goal, we can meet it. That's right, that's right. So you talked about one of your challenges not being able to remember in your past, but do you ever recall a time wherever you thought you would envision yourself writing a book? Uh, no. <laughs> no, that got, kind of goes back to my story. Uh, up until about five or six years ago, I would mm -hmm. say no. Yeah. Uh, definitely to that. So what, what most people don't know about me and I don't talk about very much is uh, I had a major hearing problem as a child until I was eight. I had 50% of my hearing and my, my parents didn't know it and didn't recognize it until I had a hearing test at school. So that caused a lot of speech problems. Obviously when you're not hearing things correctly you don't, uh, you don't spit them back out the same. So mm -hmm. a lot of people would say maybe that's why I talk the way I do today. I can't really talk or maybe that's where the accent came from. I don't know. but. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I grew up in a, uh, a small Catholic school uh, from uh, first grade through eighth grade. And of course, when you grow up in a Catholic school, you get to go to church three times a week. And uh, another part of that is you get to get to the lectern and you get to read the reading or, or uh, response or whatever it might be. So it was literally the worst thing for me is to get up in, in front of a crowd because I couldn't read very well, number one. I couldn't speak very well. Uh, so those uh, speaking in front of people, reading, writing, all those things were my least favorite things to do. Uh, so I'd much rather be outside running around on the ball field, playing on dirt piles, whatever, you know, as a kid. So uh, all those things, uh, reading, writing, all the way through college is just something I, I literally hated to do. Uh, so uh, the, that's why I say there's a lot of irony in writing the book and even the fact that I read a lot now. It's, uh, it's completely flipped. Uh, so maybe it was a mid-age crisis. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, definitely uh, for the better. Glad I picked up awesome. the, the yeah. habits. Well, we are happy too. I think it's cool that you actually, you know, and you admit yourself that, you know, you didn't do a lot of reading early on in your, your career. And I think a lot of people find that challenge, um, and you know, it's something you've developed a passion for um, as you advance through your career. So I was just curious, um, is there any advice you have for people that maybe struggle to pick up a book and start reading? Is there is there any way they can kind of break through that wall? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me, I think it was finding the passion for something that I was really interested in, and, and there's actually a quote in my book, and I, I won't get this exactly right, but uh, you, you know, the, the the only people that don't like to read are those that haven't found something to read about that they're passionate about. Uh, so the best advice I, I, I would give people who aren't reading is maybe pick up some some type of a topic that they're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really what it did for me. I mean, that's really what caused it for me is I, I began to 
read books that uh, told stories about other people that were going through some of the same challenges that I was going through. So. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, maybe work for a company that requires you. To <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I, I tell you, kind of an expectation there. <laughs> well, I, that that was the one thing that when I came to work here, through me was the fact that I was like, wait a minute, hang on a second. So you're telling me that I have to read and do book reports, and I'm in my forties, and it was just like, but I, I just was having a hard time wrapping my mind around it because I'd never been in a company where I had. First of all, read a book, but second of all, write a book report about it. Yeah. You know, and um, it was just it was a whole foreign concept. But you know, now I mean, it's it's different. And and thank the world for Audible because that <laughs> gets me through a lot. Of, you know, being a busy dad with all the stuff we do outside of work. Um, Audible is great to grab a chapter or three or four even on a drive um, to have that going, and it's amazing how much you actually do retain. You know, and it's nice that I can hit rewind and listen to it again if I didn't retain it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Probably should have been part of my answer, but Audible, I, I, I'm probably a mix of 75% reading, 25% listening, but uh, Audible's been great for me as well. Uh, to your point, when you're driving or when you're doing something that uh, you physically aren't uh, capable of picking up a book, yeah. or even sometimes when you just don't want to read, you want right. to mm-hmm. close your eyes and just listen. I mean, Audible's been good for that. Yeah, I, I listen to most now when I'm cutting my yard. I can just stick my earbuds in, and then I have I kind of like put myself a challenge where you know it's like okay if I can get this done this yard cut within you know four chapters so see how long you know so and that's like my timing thing to try yeah. to try and get it done in four chapters or less you know so well I guess there's other apps out there besides Audible I have found that out as we've been looking at doing uh, an Audible version of the, mm-hmm. of uh, my book so uh, I had no idea there were so many listening platforms out yeah. there so. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of options out there. <laughs> yeah. So, you go ahead. Well, yeah, moving on to the very important question. So, when will your book be released? We are we are in the final processes. It's going to the publisher this week, so we should be mid to late July. So, I don't have an exact date yet. That will be coming here in the next couple of weeks as far as uh, an actual date release, but we're uh, we're within about a 6-week time frame. Awesome. Okay. And where can people find it at? Well, it'll definitely be on Amazon. We know that. Uh, right right now, obviously, it's not available, but uh, Amazon, uh, we hope to have it on Audible and all the uh, all of those platforms as well. Uh, it, it should be available in all uh, general avenues wherever you can buy other books, uh, especially with the Forbes endorsement. Uh, there'll, be, uh, there'll be quite a few options of, of where to get it at. And we'll update this podcast with the link directly to wherever you can buy that book. And um, as soon as we get any more information, we'll put it on our website. So you can always check out that. Okay. Yeah, I do know with the with the Forbes platform, all, all of the major bookstores and things like that, whether it's uh, on the shelf, uh, you know, may not directly be on the shelf, but it'll obviously be available through all of those uh, major bookstores as well. So. so we've talked a lot about your book. So we always wrap up our guests with what we call our quick three. So what is one book that you would recommend other people read? One book I, I probably would come to Good to Great by Jim Collins. Just, uh, it it studies multiple different companies that have been successful, and I'll go ahead and plug another one because uh, it's the same author, but Great by Choice kind of expands on his research. Uh, And certainly some of those companies that he originally researched uh, ultimately ended up going out of business, even though they they became great companies. Uh, They kind of lost their way or didn't continue to innovate some of the things that actually got them to where they're at. So 
But good to great is really just packed with all kinds of good information for a major framework of uh, a lot of uh, concepts and, and things to put together in, uh, in a good solid business culture. Awesome. So, okay, our next question is, what do you feel is a marketing or an industry industry trend that you will see in 2019 and 2020? Marketing or industry trend yeah, in our one. business or in general? Um, uh, whichever general? one you want to do, just general business. Yeah, it could be C-Store or grocery store too or anything like yeah. that. Well, I think the, 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 the biggest trend that everybody has to continue to look out for is just technology and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the the uh, social acts, the, uh, the technology side of how we do business. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's us or anybody else. Uh, I just saw on the news last night where Uber's working on a, uh, a helicopter airplane Uber uh, yeah. that can take people uh, places in the city. So, I mean, the technology is moving so fast. The robotics are moving so fast. I mean, those types of things are, I mean, they're reality right now. So um, uh, all the artificial intelligence and, and that type of thing, uh, I don't think it's necessarily replacing people, in my opinion. I think it's, it's going to be enhancing people and what you can do. But certainly the shortage of labor and some of those types of things, as, as tight as that market is, uh, I, I truly believe robotics and some of that technology is really going to change the way that businesses uh, go to market. Yeah, I agree with that. And how they do things. A lot of our guests, I'd say like 80-90% of the people have, it's, some sort, it's somehow related to you know, digital, social, that type yeah. of thing. Just the technology basically is what, you know, is changing so quickly. Well, so. it's how we live today. You know, I mean, uh, we talk about it in Discovery Days. We talk about, I mean, it's, the world today is different than it was even three or five years ago. It's not like it's different than it was 40 years ago. I mean, three, five, ten years ago, the drastic changes and the leaps forward. And like you said, even with the labor market, robotics aspect, if there aren't bodies to put things together, I mean, something has to. So, seeing that constant innovation and um, the way I mean, life in general is just lived now is just so drastically different. Yeah. Um, that's it's going to be something that if, if folks aren't investing right now in technology or at least in understanding it and the benefits, you know, that could really be a hindrance to their growth and stability later on down the line. Yeah, it actually, yeah, yeah, it absolutely can and and actually already is. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that that are stagnant in their growth simply because they don't have the labor to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's, uh, they, they, can't, uh, they can't get the skilled labor quick enough, they physically can't find them, uh, but uh, being a CEO and in all kinds of groups and conferences all across the country, the biggest thing we hear is labor, uh, and those challenges are really inhibiting growth at this point. So. The technology will be key. Yep, absolutely. All right, last question of our quick three. Um, if you could give one piece of advice uh, to a new franchisee considering opening their first C-store grocery store, what would that be? One piece of advice. Um, execution is always the hardest part of any business, and I think it is, uh, or I know it is in, in our franchise models as well, but uh, really you can take that across all businesses. So I really talk a lot about execution being critical. So it's focus and commitment to execution is the absolute critical must and uh, that that there's so much wrapped around execution there's uh, too much to talk about in this podcast but executing uh, with systems and processes and uh, people-centric approach all those types of things is the most critical and uh, not just our our franchise model but in any business i agree because i mean 
the whole point when you get a customer to come in that door, if that experience is, if they don't pull off the execution of everything they've trained for and invested in, it really, really inhibits the opportunity to bring that customer back through that door again, whether it's business to business, business to consumer, whatever, that execution can be absolutely, like you said, critical. Yeah, and I'll expand on that just a little bit more just to make a final statement, but the, the, the biggest piece of advice there I would say is it's not always the franchisor, it's not always the business owner, and, and in most cases probably shouldn't be that person that's executing. So one of the things that we talk about as a team and we've learned over the years is it's very critical to make sure that you get the right people. Uh, Jim Collins, going back to good to great, he talks about getting the right people on the bus and then getting them in the right seats. But it's just so critical and my mindset and, and really over the years is really just surrounding myself with better people that, that complement all of my weaknesses, which there's a lot of. So, and one of them is execution. So we've got people who can truly execute and allows me to really look forward to, toward the vision of the company and where we want to go and uh, don't have to worry about uh, really what's going on in the execution. So I say that just to say that finding the right people is critical and make sure that if you're running a business, whether it's ours or anybody else or anything else, make sure you get that person that can truly execute. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, Sean, we really appreciate you um, being on the podcast today. And if you'd like to learn more about Sean Bertram and everything that he has done up to this point when it comes to PFS brands and growing the business, we'd love to invite you out to the GRIP Summit. Um, it'll be September 24th through the 26th. You can visit that website and get more information and find out the agenda, the keynote speakers, which Sean will be a part of, um, at gritsummit.com. And that's great with two T's. Um, so just be sure that you do make sure you type that in. Um, but we really appreciate you coming in today. If you want to get more information, you can visit us at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast. You can always reach out to us at qsrnation at pfsbrands.com. So once again, Sean, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. That's right. We'll see you around episode 150-ish. Yeah. <laughs> right around there. What, 29 more to go. Yeah, or 200. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. Thanks. All right, for Anthony, uh, Beth, and Grant, we'll see you next week. <laughs> To find out more information about Sean, be sure to visit seanbertram.com where you can find all the latest happenings going on with his new book coming out, Keeping Score with Grit, Straight Talk Strategies for Success. You can also find him on social media. He has Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, but also be sure to subscribe to his blog. Um, this has some fantastic information that all business owners or anyone in business is going to truly appreciate and some just some great insight. This podcast brought to you by Grit Summit 2019. Powered by PFS Brands, join us at Grid Summit September 24th through the 26th in St. Charles, Missouri at the Maristar Hotel. Early bird registration ends July 15th, so be sure to visit gridsummit.com now to register early. That's grit with two T's, summit.com.